Hi, I'm Christina Rodenbeck here for the Astrology Talk podcast with a Ukraine special. Unfortunately, Sally can't join us, but I'm very happy because I have some excellent guests um, today. Um, I'm really pleased that Lynn Bell is joining us um, from Paris, and she needs no introduction, really. (laughs) You never know, Christine. (laughs) Incredible astrologer, Lynn Bell, pop astrologer, great astrology teacher, uh, and Actually, where, how's your Solar Returns um, book coming along? Is that going to come out soon? It, it, Tony says the edits are done. You know, you know, we Liz had a hard drive crash, so the original copy was lost. So we've been doing, you know, detective work. Okay, so we're coming <laughs> out the book on Solar. Yeah, Returns. we think quite soon. Yeah. yeah, and a great mundane astrologer. Um, and also, I'm very happy that Victor Oliver has agreed to join us. Um, hello, Victor. Hello. Hello, Christina. Uh, Victor is also about to produce a book, but he is the editor of the Astrological Journal. Um, I would say astrologer extraordinaire, astrologer about town. Um, uh, and your book's coming out. Or has it come out? It's coming out very shortly in uh, probably April um, with the Wessex. They're turning it around very fast. It was only delivered mid-January yeah. and uh, it should be out very shortly. And then I've, I'm working on another book now, I've got, um, not for the Wessex, but for another publisher, which is a, like an introductory book. So suddenly um, it's all happening. Great. But the book that's coming out is on Draconic Astrology. Which yes, it's called Chasing the Dragons, an introduction to Draconic Astrology. And basically, it, it is a, a sort of a primer on the subject. I mean, f- very few people actually know about the system or understand how it works. It's quite mm. straightforward, but the interpretation is the challenge. Because mm, mm. it's you're trying to find the life purpose, and that's the basic theme. Um, so, but anyway, here tonight, we're actually going to be talking about Ukraine, uh, which is the reason that we're here. And... Um, uh, I just wanted to start. I thought we could start with the chart for the inv- actual invasion, which we have all agreed on. <laughs> and I will screen share that in a second. And I wanted to actually I was hoping that Lynn could start talking okay. about that chart. Yeah. Um, so, Lynn, over to you. I'll get the chart up if you just want to start talking about your thoughts. Yeah, well, uh, well you know, one of the things I noticed immediately in the chart of the invasion of Ukraine was that the, that Mars was at 22 degrees of Capricorn. And uh, uh, that's not the right chart that she yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The And Mars at 22, de- 22 degrees of Capricorn was the famous Saturn-Pluto conjunction of 2020, which started this whole <laughs> whole period which we would love to have behind us, but unfortunately do not. Um, uh, Sorry, I'm still hunting around for the chart. Oh, it's okay. Um, and that 22 degrees is not just the, was not just the conjunction of Saturn-Pluto, and we know when the outer planet conjunctions happen uh, that Saturn-Pluto is about the death of the old structures, dismantling the old world in a way, giving a death blow to the foundations of what we've been experiencing. But that degree, 22 degrees of Capricorn, is also the south node of Saturn. So, um, and uh, the wonderful Dennis Elwell, a great British astrologer, uh, actually wrote a book where he talked a lot about this degree area, 22 and 23 degrees of Capricorn, uh, cancer and how it seemed to correspond to major events, right? So, in any case, the one of one of the things that I've been looking at is the whole Venus Mars conjunctions. There it is, and we also see Venus at twenty one degrees of Capricorn and Mars at twenty four. Now, Venus and Mars conjuncted on February sixteenth, but something extremely rare happened that. Uh, with um, a friend, Adrian Junkin, we we were talking, he only found happened once before in a hundred years, which was that instead of Venus conjuncting Mars, it was Mars who conjuncted Venus. Um, right. Because 
Venus moves slower than moves faster than Mars. So when they come together, it's Venus who comes to Mars. But this is a very rare event where Mars caught Venus. And the um, so you could, and not only that, as they came to Pluto, they're on the degree where Mars is traditionally exalted. So usually the Venus-Pluto-Mars conjunctions bring a transformation in relationships. And one of the ways that I've been talking about them in personal charts is that Venus, Mars, and Pluto uh, have to do with just looking at what you really want in relationships. You know, what don't you want? What what will you say no to? And what will you say yes to? And this began, of course, in December with the Venus retrograde which Venus conjuncted Pluto, went retrograde, and then conjuncted Pluto again as it went retrograde. And this today was actually the, um, the, the culmination of that process. Yeah, today so, it's the, the 3rd of March, and it's the triple conjunction, isn't it? Yeah. And um, I think it's, it's, is it past now? I believe it is as we speak. Yeah. Um, uh, but... Uh, the whole the whole question yeah both um both venus and mars have now gone beyond pluto's degree as we speak in other words they were coming to the exact conjunction and they both met pluto today uh so there is this idea of how much what are we willing to do to get what we want now I, another thing i think is extremely important, and you've heard me talk about this, Christina, is the sign change of the nodes and the north node being in Taurus and the south node in Scorpio, which are all about what's mine and what's yours, and that the rulers of this nodal axis are Venus and Mars, and they've been with Pluto, or the if you use Pluto as the ruler of Scorpio, you have the, the rulers of the nodal axis duking it out, basically. Um, and this idea that um, I am going to take what belongs to me, um, you know, could be part of the North Node in Taurus. Yeah, it's interesting that that North Node is actually in the fourth house, and yeah. which associate with land itself, with the with the soil. Um, so there's an argument about soil, um, and that North Node the, that axis was active in the beginning of World War Two as well, wasn't it? It's oh. In 66, 67, you know, it does come up in these at times when there are tussles over land. Yeah, it was it was the opposite axis, the North Node in Scorpio in 39, I think. And then this axis repeated in 47 Mm. uh, when there were a lot of the territorial issues with Israel, Pakistan. Yeah, there's the creation of Israel and the creation of Pakistan and India. The partition of Pakistan was on this axis. Yeah. Um, And then 66, 67 was the sixth, was that the six day war? The Yom Kippur, I can't remember, one of the wars in Israel uh, was on this axis as well. Yeah. So it's a territorial grab, isn't it? Those, that North node is a little kind of pincers. Um, Yeah. And it it brings up this question, well, what really matters? Okay. And I think everybody, you know, we've all been roiled by COVID for the past two years. And suddenly, you know, as predicted, as really I thought would happen, that as we went into March, we'd become COVID free. Well, we're not exactly COVID free, but we're COVID restriction free in the UK and soon in France. Um, And so there's this this ability to suddenly expand or do more or feel less constrained. And then suddenly there's this like very dire situation. Well, one of the other things that I would say that about that loss of boundaries is that this is the, uh, you know, that's Jupiter and Pisces, isn't it? It's like no boundaries, la, 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 Jupiter, Neptune, Pisces, no boundaries. And there's so few boundaries that I'm just going to cross over your border and invade you. You know, also that Jupiter, Neptune, to me, you know, one of the big things that signifies is big, uh, you know, refugee crises 
You know, we saw it in 2016 when the they were opposite each other, mm. and now they've made the conjun- they're making the conjunction. This is just this refugee situation is just going to grow from now until April, I'm sure. Um, because again, that's that there's no borders. You know, well, you know, you could say that that Jupiter and Neptune is the big wave. Yeah, it's a wave of what? You know, (laughs) so right now it's the big wave of Ukrainians. Yeah, I mean, the images are incredible, and I'm I'm sure you, like I am, are talking to people from the Ukraine Mm -hmm. uh, and hearing what's going on with their families or people close to them. Victor, did you have any thoughts on this chart? Just a small point. Uh, you reminded me uh, about the sensitivity of the 22nd, 23rd degree of Capricorn. I, just from memory, was that not the degree upon the Saturn-Pluto conjunction, which is yeah. associated with COVID? Yeah. No, that's so that's another that's example of the sensitivity, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, in fact, that's sort of the, the, the kicker, isn't it, is that this is the degree of COVID. When COVID started, I remember when we looked at that chart for January 2020 and we're thinking, oh, my God, what's coming? What's it going to be? Is it going to be war? I was one of the things I was thinking back in 2020. You know, I was worried about it. I thought this looks really scary, this chart. And it turned out to be the pandemic. But but now that degree has been hit again by Mars, hit again by, you know, by this Mars-Venus conjunction. So interesting that the lovers are you know, conjoined, yet we have a, a war starting. Um, and I think that your point, Liz, um, Lynn, is very well made about the fact that Mars was chasing Venus. Mm. You know, that's well made. Um, so we'll see what happens when, you know, when they start to separate, because they're still locked in this embrace until for a couple of weeks now. Well, there is um, another conjunction. There's a conjunction between Mars and Venus where Venus catches Mars this time. And that's on the 6th of March at zero degrees, one minute of Aquarius, exactly conjunct Saturn and the Saturn-Jupiter conjunction of December 2020. It's it's incredible astrology. Uh, You couldn't make up this astrology. It is astonishing. So just to be clear about that, this means that the uh, Venus-Mars conjunction is moving from being on the point of the of the COVID, the pandemic point, which is 22 degrees, right. going to the um, point of the great conjunction of December 2020, which was Jupiter right. and Saturn, which is the opening of a 20-year period, right? So we're having this, you know, we're having something as reinforced, some piece of information there, isn't it? Yeah. Um, not quite sure what. But we do well, know it's the opening of this Aquarius, these Aquarian decades, right? Well, you know, if you think that the conjunctions, the Venus-Mars is going from Capricorn um, and connected to Pluto, which is where we're overwhelmed by forces we cannot control. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to a conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter, which is all about, about building the new time. So in a, in a way, we could say there's a dialogue between these two positions, being overwhelmed and unable to control. And there is um, another thing about this chart. If you don't put in Ceres and Lilith, mm-hmm. um, if you just put in the, the classical planets, all the planets fall in between the nodes. And uh, the Hindu astrology is called this something like Kalasarpa. And I was I was uh, listening to a colleague uh, yesterday um, who said that this is typically the Hindus consider this a faded time where yeah. individual will is overwhelmed, yeah. and this lasts until it lasts the condition where planets are caught between the nodes, except for the moon, now for half the month, uh, lasts till the end of April. Yeah. And it does feel like a fated time, doesn't it? I mean, this feels like a fated time. Um, Another thing that strikes me is is how dogmatic this chart is. Um, We've got this Saturn Aquarius, uh, this uh, Capricorn Aquarius uh, combination um, ruled by 
Saturn in Aquarius, which I also associate in its negative expression with dogmatism. Mm. So when we had the Saturn, Pluto and Capricorn, the theme was restriction and isolation in a sense, even though we might not have known beforehand the cause. But now Saturn is in Aquarius, it's more to do with ideas. I don't know whether that resonates in any way. It does resonate for me, this very fixed ideas that people have, because this is, um, you know, this is ideological, really. Uh, Putin's been obsessed. He wrote an essay, I think, last year. Well, essay, perhaps, is not the right word. But anyway, it's called an essay in which he argued that Russia had always had a claim on Ukraine, that we've got all these national, these ethnicities. But he was harking back to Peter the Great. So he's immersed in a kind of past, almost like a psychodrama of his own creation. Mm. Um, and I, I firmly believe that this is a, a mentally driven, dogmatic perspective. And it's yeah. very true to the Saturn in Aquarius theme. Yeah, I agree. It is to do with, it's that air, it's ideas, um, you know. And it's one of the things that I've noticed that I think is really interesting is people have been talking a lot about how incredibly brave the Ukrainians are and um, the nationalism, the patriotism that is really coming out. And I was thinking, yeah, and that's actually only really possible because everybody's connected up, you know, because of the you, this Aquarian age that we're in. Well, exactly. You know, and actually that's, um, you know, it's partly this Mercury and Aquarius, but, you know, they're all connected up. So you can be more patriotic if you can see your president in your hand. He's on your telephone talking to you. And if you can see what your neighbors are doing. I was thinking about sort of comparing it to the invasion of France and World War II. Well, nobody could talk to each other on the telephone. So you didn't know what was happening. Now you know what's happening, and it really can pull people together. And I think that's the Saturn in Aquarius too. The peculiarity of it all is that you're, this is more resonating rather than a, adding to what you've just said. But I was watching Putin tonight, um, who gave another one of his speeches, and interspersed there were pictures of this guy in Kiev. Um, he was talking to the camera, and suddenly a rocket went into a huge high-rise building just above him. And you saw this rubble land on him. He survived, thank God. Mm. But the the intimacy, you know, it's all in our houses. We're seeing these street things going on. We've got the leader in Russia giving us his version of the truth. Mm. It is just so strange, the intimacy of it. Yeah, it's really interesting. And I think, again, I think this is a slightly the Neptune and Pisces thing as well. Yeah. You know, the way that, that we're having this stuff, you know, this information poured into our right into us. We're kind of so open to it, aren't we? Um, I mean, obviously, Neptune's been in Pisces for a long time now, for the whole decade. But now that it's joined by Jupiter, we yeah. have this incredible great wave also of information um, and great wave of emotion. And back to what you were saying about Saturn in Aquarius and ideology, I mean, Rarely have we seen people so divided ideologically, really. You know, we the people have been, I mean, it's been a theme of the last several years since 2016, really, hasn't it, of people being divided politically uh, and unable to talk to each other. Um, yeah. That's something that changes with each one of these switches. So we had, you know, the Trump thing or the Brexit thing that divided everybody in one direction and then the vax thing that divided people in another direction and now this uh russia this invasion of ukraine which is dividing people again in the conversation in the you know in the twitterati um do we want to get putin's chart up can you manage that for me um do you have that chart Uh, yeah do you have a big big allah yes victor has it um, yeah. um, I'll come back to the Ukraine independence chart, but this is, um, uh, we should say um, that the data from Putin is dodgy. Uh, we Even Astro Data Bank uh, points out that um, 
We can't be certain about his date of birth or anything, really. But we have to work with something. Um, and most of you won't be seeing what we're looking at. <laughs> um, that might not be the right. Actually, I love Nick Campion's idea. Uh, it, it was an air, idea he aired in an interview some time ago where he said, if you sincerely believe the chart is true, it's funny how it works. Mm which is not the most rigorous way of approaching astrology, but we're speaking amongst friends. (laughs) (laughs) But as Lynn's pointed out, it is dirty data and we don't really know. So this chart has to be regarded as speculative, but it's nonetheless telling in a speculative way. (laughs) Um, Shall I just explain very quickly what we're looking at? Yeah. Um, So, um, well, Putin's chart, you know, we've got all this Libra, which some people find hard to believe, but there we are. it does have Scorpio rising according to the time. Um, now, the, the, the key detail is that according to this chart, for the invasion moment, which is the 24th of February 2022, um, Saturn was exactly conjunct Putin's north node. And then opposite takes in Pluto conjunct the south node which I think we would agree is a a volatile combination. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that's always that worries me, I didn't, is this sort of nuclear aspect of of both the invasion chart because of that Mars, Pluto, Venus conjunction going on, and also the nuclear aspect of Putin's chart. Mm-hmm. South Node and Pluto making conjunction in Leo, you know, that dramatic gestures in the 10th house, if we're to believe this chart. Mm. It's, not, it's not heartening, exactly. It's interesting, too, that uh, transiting Mars is exactly in conjunct his Pluto. Yeah. Um, mm. And, of so, course, that Mars is also obviously, conjun- uh, well, not conjunct, but, but, but very close to Pluto in the and, transiting sense. And, particularly Saturn on the node. I yes. think the node is about 20 and the mean node is 18, so depending which you use. Um, but, but some, again, that idea of something that is overreaching with the North Node, you know, that, that idea of going as far as you can go and maybe finding trouble. Mm. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it's a, it's reaching a limit as well. Mm. And of course, um, if we're thinking ahead a little bit, I mean, I do think this is an unstable chart for Putin myself, if we treat it as the birth moment for the invasion, and if we accept uh, for the sake of argument that there's some truth in this chart. Um, so around the end of this year, until January 2023, the transiting south node will hit his Venus, um, which happened, this is looking into the seventh house. Now, that Uranus would have moved on by then, of course, but it's, I think it's a resonant spot for this birth moment that, of course, it will be exactly opposite Venus in yeah. Scorpio. So it, be, it could be quite interesting what happens, because uh, it'd be passing over his Jupiter as well, um, and yeah. I'm just wondering whether a volatility is entering into his, there's a volatility being indicated here about yeah. his time as ruler. Um, you know, I, it's interesting about that Venus, isn't it? Because part of this is about greed. You know, we talk about the oligarchs and his, you know, he's got that Venus in Scorpio in the, is the planet that's rising in this chart. Yes. Um, you know, and Venus is all kind of lovely and beauty and everything. It's also money, you know, a love of luxury. And he is described by various biographers as someone who is in love with luxury. He loves luxury. Um, and there it is right in that chart with the South Node coming over later in the year. Mm-hmm. So, and the South Node is about things. It's, it's a note of, of loss sometimes of losing. Yeah. Um, and of course that would have, you know, be interesting to look at that 18 year cycle. Yeah. To see what was happening last time that that went across his his Venus, and, uh, and I think we mustn't forget that his own nodal axis is being squared by Saturn, mm-hmm. um, and and Uranus, 
uh, and that there will be a Uranus Mars conjunction at 18 degrees of Taurus exactly square his mean nodal axis if we're going to use the chart. So there's a there's a very um, that's very destabilizing in terms of any ability to control what's happening. So are we saying that we think he's miscalculated horribly with this invasion? I think the Mars Pluto inconjunct is one indicator of that. Yeah. Myself. Um it's because of the exactitude. Yeah. Mm. I, I inconjuncts from Pluto and you know two Pluto are really powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that it's a really important uh, aspect that inconjunct. Yeah, I mean the question really with that is like how long is this going to spin out and how the instability? It's worrying that it brings in Pluto. Mm-hmm. You know, he could mean suggests that he could really step up and take this even further. Um, I agree with you with that. I'm afraid that, I mean, I don't like to feel doomy or sound doomy. Yeah. This is a doomy chart. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you, I mean, the, what happens next is that, you know, things start to move into, is that Mars and Venus will move into, into, onto that zero degrees of Aquarius. Mm. Mm -hmm. feel that that's going to make a difference to how this thing is going to work out? I I think the whole idea of collective, one of the things that that conjunction is going to do is bring people together. Um, and you can already see that happening with the response of all, of all the countries in Europe, for example, who have... Switzerland <laughs> joined the EU in the sanctions, which is unthinkable, really. Um, so there is this notion um, already in response to something, s- someone overpowering the other, overpowering other people's ability to have the life they want. We could say that, again, that's the Venus-Pluto-Mars conjunction that as Venus and Mars go into Aquarius, that idea of how we come together or how people work as within communities, I think we'll see a lot of that. And in a way, it's a real change. It's pointing to a change in our values. Yeah. And this thing is actually that conjunction of Mars and Venus happening at that zero degrees Aquarius is really about the future and about what the future is going to be like, because it, right. it's harking back to what happened in 2020. Yeah. Uh, it's looking back to that epochal thing. So the, the conjunction of Jupiter and, and Saturn, which happened in 2020 at zero degrees Aquarius, you get that every 20 years, right? So it tells you about the 20-year period that's coming. And that's and so now we have the Mars-Venus coming across that um, af- after coming through this war, um, and really talking about the shared values because Aquarius is a sign of community, among other things, um, and equality, um, unlike Capricorn, which is totally hierarchical sign. Um, so, so I think there will be a change, or we'll we'll feel something, something move or shift, and that's only on. I mean, that's the sixth of March. It's very soon that this is everything's happening really, really quickly, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> It's I mean, we're in a, something ex- accelerated, a completely accelerated period until what? Until July, probably, you know, I mean, the, or June, at least it's very fast, isn't it? Um, unless something, um, you know, dissolve, I mean, how long can Ukraine hold out? Yeah. And how long can and how long can Putin resist, uh, you know, pressing the putting his finger on the button? That's the other thing. It seems to me that there's a real guy. Yeah, that was, that was something that I didn't really like seeing. You know, we you know we know that the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction's been involved in moments where people come together for the ideal of peace, like the creation of the United Nations. Mm. However, people forget that just before we had Hirosh- Hiroshima and Nagasaki, 
where Jupiter and Neptune were within the orb of their conjunction. They were out of sign uh, when the bomb was dropped at Hiroshima. Jupiter was at the end of Virgo and Neptune was at the beginning of Libra. But nonetheless, it's the first time that unbounded energy had been used. Mm. Mm. And so it, it depends on how unbounded we get. Um, that Jupiter-Neptune conjunction has, you know, it, it can go in many, many directions. And that's part of the problem with predicting right now. Mm. And why it's really important that something is, that this is, you know, stopped as quickly as possible. Yeah. Um, because the whole thing can could spin well out of control um, unless action is taken really quickly. Mm. Um, Victor, didn't you have a, a Stalin's uh, chart or? Yes. Um, this takes us to what I call zombie astrology. <laughs> Just to quickly explain, um, I'm quite interested in this idea. I mean, we all know about posthumous charts and whether they're still alive long after the subject has died. But I'm interested in the area where people take other people for inspiration. And um, it's interesting that uh, Putin uh, has cited Peter the Great many times as the high point of Russian um, history. And he obviously sees himself as a Peter I, Peter the Great, um, the Tsar of the 17th century sort of figure, because Russia, you know, it was a huge empire, all that stuff. But also he's quite an admirer of Stalin. So the reason why I'll, I'll go to Stalin, I think it's this, oh, that's Peter the Great. So what I did, just to briefly explain to anybody who can't see what we're looking at, um, I put up Joseph Stalin's chart um, for 6 December 1878. Um, and um, I've put the transits for the launch period, uh, for the launch of the invasion of 24th February 2022. And why have I done that? Because I want to see whether the, t- the two charts resonate with each other. Mm. And it's interesting to see that once again, Um, if we notice that North Node is close to the natal Pluto. Yeah. um, It's down in the second house there. And it actually takes in Mars as well, because he's got a uh, Mars-Pluto opposition, Stalin, in his natal chart. So Pluto's got the North Node and Mars has got the South Node. I can't imagine anything more resonant of war. That's incredible, Mm. actually. That really is amazing. So just to reiterate, you know, we're right now we're having Mar- this Mars-Pluto conjunction going on, right? That's really scary. Um, and Victor has got up Joseph Stalin's chart, who, of course, was the, you know, great dictator of the Soviet Union, who um, uh, the, World, the World War II uh, leader, et cetera, um, who was a very scary guy. You can see the death of Stalin on um Netflix, I think, at the moment, which is both funny and frightening. But in his natal chart, there's an opposition between Pluto and Mars. And it's not just sort of sort of an opposition. It's a very tight opposition. And that opposition in his natal chart is currently being transited by the nodes, which brings it, you know, it just shows how important the nodes are. Gosh, you know, leave out the nodes and you're missing huge chunks of astrology. Mm. So his this very warmongering, and I would call it a violent, um, you know, this is a violent signature, Mars and Pluto, is being pinged, you know, it's being awakened by by the nodes right now. That's quite scary. And you have sun, uh, transiting sun opposite Uranus, which adds to the volatility. Yeah. And again, not just sort of opposite, Boom, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. And uh, I don't know whether you want to say anything more about that, but I've also got Peter the Great. Uh, since we're dealing with the modern day resurrected Peter the Great, just have a look at that. Sure. Go. I love the idea of the zombie charts. Yeah. It's all mine, all mine. I'll sue if anyone pinches my idea. Um, <laughs> so here we have the separation. I mean, there'll be other things you'll notice, but. I noticed that the transiting sun is separating from natal Mars opposite natal Jupiter on the south node. Uh, Transiting Jupiter is on natal north node. 
uh, Uranus opposite natal Jupiter, opposite natal Jupiter south node. Um, but the important thing is the sun on the Mars. Yeah. Right. Exaggerated by Jupiter opposite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a little different, but the Stalin one, I think, resonates more. But it's interesting that since we've been focusing on Mars and Pluto, how strange that in these two charts, Mars is prominent. Yeah. Which, and Mars is, of course, the god of war. Uh, you well, know. Um, by, by the way, uh, we do have a birth time for Peter the Great. So this is a proper natal chart with, mm. with Aries rising. Uh, which is ruled by Mars, of course. Yes. So he's, Mars, he's a Mars-ruled person. And the point about Peter the Great is that he really was the architect of, of Russia. And the point about Stalin was that he was the architect of the Soviet Union and the whole, that he he did the Yalta Treaty, which got him half of Europe. Um, and so these two zombies, thank you very much, Victor, for <laughs> that <laughs> lovely phrase, the zombie charts, are being resurrected somewhat by the current, uh, you know, cosmic weather. Mm. Um, but that doesn't mean they're going to win anything. That just means they've been wo- awakened. Um, and it's interesting as a sort of image, this idea of, a, of the sort of giants of the past, wake, uh, you know, waking up. Mm. I noticed that, uh, was it Peter the Great? He beat Sweden, didn't he? That was Sweden was the occupier of that part of um, of Europe at that you know when he was around, and his great victory was sort of somewhere in the center of Ukraine, wasn't it? I think. I'm not sure myself, actually. I, I uh, right. We're going to have to do some research. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was quite struck too that. Um, Transiting Jupiter is um, on the North Node, just separating from the North Node, which in the 12th house, you know, that's quite an interesting place, I think, Mm. um, as a place of undoing, if we want to take the most positive view. Because I'm treating the zombie chart as also a clue as to the way ahead. Yes. And that's the strange thing. What I've noticed over and over again as I pursue these zombie charts is it's almost like following a narrative through different lives in different times, which is one of the great magic things of astrology, I think, which you can do. Yeah, well, there is something worrying about that then, because, of course, we know that um, the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction will be in the 12th house, but Jupiter will get to <laughs> almost the ascendant of this chart in the middle of the summer. Yes. Uh, oh, God, that. you just reminded me. Yeah. It will basically station on the Oh, well. Oh, I don't know, Victor. Yeah, your scenario, your, uh, that's another page in your scenario we've just mentioned. <laughs> um, but it's interesting because you could say, because as you're saying with these zombie charts, so we start with Peter the Great in when, what, what, what are his dates? And whenever it is, a long time ago. And then that evolves. 1672. And then that evolves into Vladimir Putin. And, you know, it's amazing to see that, you know, mm-hmm. you don't have to believe in reincarnation. It's, <laughs> it's the threat of believing through these guys and coming, coming out. Unfortunately, it gets played out in the collective. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's yeah. it. That's it. Um, so, um, yes, it's, it's, very, it's, it, I mean, I'm sure we're trying to be as constructive as possible, but I suppose what we're trying to do is to identify the nature of the birth, which we can see on our televisions and phones is a horrible, violent thing. Mm. And it's curious how the charts are reflecting, reflecting that story. Mm. Mm. And, and how these charts from far back in history. Yes. Are resonating with now. Yeah. A 17th century figure and but the only reason why we're looking at Peter the Great, this is not cherry picking, is actually Vladimir Putin we can thank for this, because he's the one who's citing Peter the Great as his inspiration. And he mentions him in his essay that he wrote last year. Yeah. So it's not random. And actually, Stalin isn't random either, because he he was uh, he likes Stalin as well, I think. He yes, he does. Stalin. He's applauded his. <laughs> These are the people that he chooses as his role models. Yes. And so he's reanimating their energy, their spirit. I don't know about reincarnation. I mean, I've written a book on draconic astrology, but even now I don't know anything about reincarnation. No. I'd like to believe it and I don't disbelieve it. But 
astrology is not necessarily about reincarnation. It's about following patterns which never seem to die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why you're, you're, you're this term that you're using, the zombie term, is actually really good. It's about a pattern that never dies. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't have to believe in reincarnation or not. You know, it's something is happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you want to have a quick look at the uh, Ukraine independence since we're looking at some charts at the moment? Just the last one and then I'll shut up. Yeah. Have you got it up here? Yeah. I'll just bring it up. Um, what we're looking at here is, um, I mean, I should point out that there are a number of charts for Ukraine. And so I've chosen the latest one, which was for the referendum of the 1st of December 1991. And the result of that election was an overwhelming vote for independence. I think it was about 93 percent. It was unbelievable. And um, the result was uh, at six o'clock in the evening for Kiev, Ukraine. And what I've done is on that natal chart for the Ukraine, for Ukraine, I mean, I've placed the transits for the invasion of the 24th of Feb 2022. Now, bearing in mind that the middle, the, the midheaven passes around the horoscope very quickly, I think it's amazing that what we're looking at, if we look down into the fourth house, is the MC exactly on Pluto. Mm. So, and that is so strange, such a strange, I mean, I'm almost going to say what a strange coincidence. Yeah, that. so basically what we're looking at is the midheaven of the invasion chart is on the Pluto of Ukraine's national chart. Yes. Right? As uh, and it's in, and the Pluto is in the fourth house, which is the land again, which again makes one think of, you know, Chernobyl, of all that nuclear stuff that's there. Yes. Yes. Um, but it's the war has come. The war has come there. I mean, th- these charts from 1991 and 1989, there's a lot of Capricorn in those charts. Yeah. So the new Russian uh, federal, you know, was also just founded in 1991. It's the 25th of December, I think, Russia, um, which has also got a lot of Capricorn. So it's all had, they've all had this Pluto stuff milling around on their charts, those charts. Yeah. I quite I, I have a preference for the chart for August twenty fourth mm. as a moon in Aquarius, opposition Jupiter, Mercury, and Venus in Leo, and it's clear and square Pluto. So all of that is activated and interwoven into into the hypothetical Putin chart. Yeah, I mean, I, the, it's interesting about the Aquarius stuff because. Um, we haven't got his chart, but Volodymyr Zelensky, the president of UK- Ukraine, is an Aquarian, of course, um, with a Venus-Sun uh, conjunction at five degrees of Aquarius. So he's going to be receiving Venus and Mars very soon onto that, onto his natal conjunction. So I wonder if when we when Again, when Venus and Mars move into Aquarius, whether that things will start to come turn in his favor more. Um, although they're already, he's already been doing very well. Well, he just has to survive. Yeah, they have to survive, and he might well. Um, so I can't. I don't know what day it will get to that um, Sun Venus conjunction, but it, it must be fairly soon after the sixth of March. Yeah. Um, must be that week. Mm. Uh, do you want me to take down the charts now, Christine? Yeah, could we look at the chart of the Russian Revolution? I mean, just I mean, because the idea is, how long is this going to last? Is it going to be? Is something going to stop in a matter of days, and then it be negotiation about what we're willing to give, what we're willing to accept, uh, or can the battle go on longer than we imagine? Yeah. Um. Let me find the Russian Revolution chart. Sorry, it's going to take me a moment. What are your thoughts on how long this is going to take? <laughs> that, <laughs> that's the twenty, you know, the fifty million, sixty million dollar question, isn't it? Well, I think we- the, the complication, if we take Pluto as presented, and it seems to be very prominent, at least in the charts we've looked at, is that when you have a convulsion and a complete change in something, it's difficult to measure. How long it's going to last? Because in a sense, it's happening. It's happened. 
You know, we're always looking towards a moment when we think it's all going to be lovely again. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I that, just don't think that's the, the appropriate question to ask. Uh, yeah. And, you know, in the last uh, many years now, we've gone from we sort of staggered from one crisis to the next. And the question people have always been asking is, when is this going to be over? And it's been quite difficult as an astrologer looking at this stuff and thinking, well, you know, hmm, um, <laughs> this could stretch out some time. Um, quite a tricky period we're going through. Uh, and it has really been very tricky since whatever, 2008, I guess. It's been, or even before then, we had, you know, since, well, for a long time anyway, but it seems to have actually, um, and we haven't even been talking about climate change, um, but it's very difficult, isn't it? Anyway, here's the Russian Revolution chart. Well, the reason this chart just, I think, stands out um, so strongly is one, uh, this Russian Revolution chart has a Saturn-Uranus opposition square to the Sun and Mercury. And not only is that opposition um, activated by the current square, it's activated by similar degrees. Uh, Saturn is 14 Leo and Uranus is 19 Aquarius. The Sun is 14 Scorpio and Mercury is 17 Scorpio. And these same degrees are going to be activated by the nodes and by Uranus and by Saturn <laughs> during, particularly in the fall, Saturn's just gone over them. Saturn today is at 19 degrees right on the Uranus of this chart. And I think that symbolism is uh, very appropriate because, you know, the, everybody says they are not following the rules. Uh, you know, the certain kinds of munitions are being brought in that are against the Geneva Convention. Um, uh, the, and Saturn, so there is this reaction to the wild card of Uranus in the Russian Revolution, which there's always been a reaction to this. It frightened the, the world, um, was frightened by the new energy that came in at this moment, the 10 days that shook the world. Uh, uh, if you've seen that wonderful film of Eisenstein, uh, Temkin, you, you see these incredible events of something that it's something must change. The structures must be undone. And at the same time, the current Saturn Uranus, well, Saturn and Uranus will come back into square in the fall. They'll be activating this chart again. So I don't think we're done, even if we, even if things calm down and there's a kind of temporary peace, um, this chart is certainly reactivated in the fall. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't, uh, the Saturn is like a cold shower on that Uranus. Yeah. You know, the, so currently the, basically the Saturn of right now, Saturn in Aquarius is right on the Russian revolution Uranus and Uranus is the planet of revolution. Yeah. Right. So we have like a, a stone going on the revolution or coldness going on the revolution. And of course, what, what happened happens with revolution so often is that you have the revolution and then it sort of calcifies. <laughs> um, and that is sort of, we can see that already in the, this chart for the Russian revolution with that opposition between those two. Um, yes. Well, yeah, there is no, in the current events, you know, um, Putin isn't exactly putting workers' rights forward. You know, it's not about freedom for the underclass. Um, the, the It's not being fueled, the, the idea, as we've talked about, it's fueled by a vision, mm. a vision of greater Russia, of the Russian empire, but not a vision of the revolution. No, exactly. So this is a cold stone on the revolution, isn't it? Yeah. Um, which was about equality mm. and about workers' right, which is that Uranus in Aquarius, which is, a, you know, Aquarius is the sign of a common people, right. uh, of a common person. And mm. that was where the revolution came from. But this is not, I mean, they, well, they haven't been for ages, the oligarchs, etc. Russia, you know, seems to have left that those ideas behind a long time ago. And... Um, 
wasn't Saturn and Aquarius during the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis? Yes, it was. 61, that would have been. Uh, uh, I think 62. 62, yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Um, in that and, case. Uh, so it's having as the Cuban Missile Crisis is having a Saturn return, right? <laughs> For, yeah, it's second Saturn return. Um, so you look at this and you think, is yeah, it the Cuban Missile Crisis? Or is it the Crimean War, which of course was the last time we had um, Jupiter and uh, Neptune and making that conjunction in Pisces? Um, which one of these is it? And it's resonating with all of those. You know, yeah. all of those past events, you know, that, that we have those, it's like zombie events um, are coming, you know, we have those yeah. little echoes, those little chips of those as well. But it history does not repeat itself. It rhymes. It doesn't repeat. <laughs> Can I quote you on that? Uh, I think I'm probably quoting someone else. On oh, that. Okay. Um, because I, it's true, isn't it? It's a rhyme. It's not a repeat. Um, so we can hear those rhymes. And that's why, you know, when you start, when you think about these astrology, these predictions with astrology, it becomes a little, it becomes tricky. You yeah. Because you can say, well, it kind of rhymes with that, hmm. but it's unlikely to be exactly that, you know. Um, so is there a chart that we want to end on, if I can possibly get it up, um, um, without messing around too long? I think maybe... I- yeah. Uh, well, I'm I'm actually trying to look at that um, chart for the Cuban Missile Crisis, except it doesn't want to reveal itself to me. You know, like for just see where Saturn was. Yeah. Uh, what date was that in nineteen? 19- um, it begins October sixteenth, nineteen sixty-two, and yeah. lasts for about ten, twelve days. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I haven't got that, but I can say that actually, um, it's like. Around seven, uh, Aquarius now somewhere around there, I think. Um, yeah, it's just that. Um, that's just thinking of people's charts. Um, yes, I mean, I th- I wouldn't mind just getting up the possibly the invasion chart one more time, or the chart for right now, um, so that we could just have a sort of look at that. Yeah, four degrees of, of the nineteen sixty two chart was. Saturn at four degrees, the beginning of the Cuban Missile Crisis, Jupiter and Pisces. Yeah. Saturn at four degrees of Aquarius conjunct the South Node. <laughs> Opposition Mars conjunct in Leo conjunct the North Node. Um, and Neptune is a bit further on, but Neptune's in Scorpio, so there is there is a so it's a it's it's a different signature, you could say. Um, but. Some of the same things are going on, Jupiter and Pisces and Saturn and Aquarius. Yeah. Um, and, you know, who would have thought that Jupiter and Pisces, which is, you know, should be terrific and marvelous and lovely and great art. Well, I guess 62, wasn't that Beatlemania or something as well? Yeah, um, it was. It was. That was wonderful um, stuff. Um, but, you know, that it can also have these associations with this loss. Of, again, that was about boundaries, wasn't it? The Cuban Missile oh. Crisis. Oh. Um, okay, so I've just put the chart up for today, um, for right now, just to remind us of like where we are now. In fact, we're have we've got the moon, uh, Neptune conjunction, uh, today. And uh, so whatever we predict will be wrong. <laughs> like, we can just walk around vaguely, uh, and a vague, we're in a fog. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I would be very loath to make a firm prediction. Um, but I do think that having looked at Putin's chart, having looked at the chart of the invasion, I think that they ha- that it does not necessarily look that great for Russia in the medium term. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's a done deal. Uh, we haven't looked at charts for NATO and things like that. Uh, because we just haven't got the time. No. Sort of the current, this current moment of time is very dominated by that Pluto-Venus-Mars conjunction. Right. Which is now 
just beginning to separate. Yeah. And was exact earlier today. Um, so maybe there's some hope in the space between, I mean, it depends on how you look at it. You can look at a planet that's just, con, you know, in horror astrology, you could say both Mars and Venus are carrying Pluto forward with them because it's the last planet they contacted. Um, and then, of course, to very soon, uh, in a day and a half, the sun conjuncts Jupiter. Yeah. And uh, Andre Barbeau always said that that cycle, not the day itself, but a 10-day period around the conjunction, was a positive force for peace. Mm. Well, let's hope he's right. It's interesting, as a, just as a general pattern observation. So we basically, we're looking at one half of the chart, tenanted, just under, looking at the principal planets, and they're all in the... In the opposite, if we associate each house with a, a traditional sign, they're all in their opposite houses, so to speak. So you've got Aries, Aries in the seventh, Pisces mm. in the sixth, mm. Aquarius in the fifth. It's almost like almost like a, a Mad Hatter's chart. <laughs> Everything's been inverted. It's a mirror chart, isn't it? Mm. It's like yes. a mirror. And that is is that perfect for Neptune and Ju- Jupiter and Pisces, you know, this turning things upside down, this jumbling yeah. things around, um, this confusion um, and the confusion of like not knowing uh, of the proper, you know, the propaganda war is this massive wave as well. We've talked about the wave of people. There's also the wave of propaganda that everybody's having to swim through. Mm. Um, but we're not out of that yet. And the rest of the spring into whenever it is. I can't even remember when the first planet goes retrograde. Is this scramble of one thing after another of um, events tumbling over each other? Mm. One event after another. And it's extremely unpredictable Mm. because we're actually, I can't remember what that Indian phrase was that you used, Lynn, but we're actually in the grip of the gods. The Kala Sarpa. The Kalasarpa. I'm going to. I'm going to steal that. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> well, read about it. It's really interesting. Uh, it's Bernard Duchatel, a French astrologer, who was talking about it yesterday in a conversation I was having. So I, I took it from him. You know, as yeah. we do, we gather information and we pass it along. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it is. It, it's a very powerful moment in traditional. And this certainly is. I mean, one. The, I guess I'd want to sort of ask you this and sort of end on this. I mean, to me, this is like it's. I mean, we read the news, we know this is a momentous turning point historically. Um, but I feel that that's true in the astrology as well. Yeah, yeah of course. We've we we have not seen this. You, you know, they, I found two other triple conjunctions of Venus, Mars, and Pluto on the same degree. One uh, one was when the big four powers gathered in Geneva to begin the first de-escalation talks in 1955. They didn't, and actually there were agreements. It's when uh, the, the, the coldest part of the Cold War started to loosen a little bit. I mean, it didn't really work, but there was a ten, an attempt um, that went more in the direction of Venus. And the other was in 76, in September of 76, when Mao Zedong died. Okay. Uh, so a moment of mal- momentous turning point in the history and direction of, of the world as well. Yeah. Very interesting. So, yeah, and, and interesting, but, but on the same degree, and, and of course the conjunction isn't, you know, Mars conjuncted Pluto slightly before Venus conjuncted Pluto, but they were... They have been there together. And that's very, very rare. That's really amazing, actually. Yeah. Um, and I think that if you're sensitive or whatever, you can feel it, feel this. this oh, yeah, is- you feel it. Are you sleeping? <laughs> <laughs> no, are you sleeping? No, no. Um, you know, this is this is a key turning point. It's the moment. Yeah. Um, so and- a, lot, a lot of people are doom scrolling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Stop doing that. 
you know, <laughs> we're in the car. What is it again? I've forgotten it already. The yeah. Sarpa. Um, there's nothing you can do. Um, although I will put a link to on the website to a um, some charity that you can donate to. I think that's great. Yeah. Um, the a relief. What are those relief agencies? Okay. Well, thank you guys very much. Well, thank you both. I've learned a lot tonight. Um, I do. So zombie charts. A new, a whole new concept that we will do our best not to steal. It's all out there now. The plagiarists will be out there, toiling away. No names mentioned. Okay, see you next time. Lovely to see you both. Bye-bye.